This is the woman behind the business, featuring honest dialogue that advances and inspires women entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Angel Livis. This week on The Woman Behind the Business, how to light it up, smoke it, and blow your competition away. You know me, I'm your host, Angel Livis, and today's show is all about integrating highly effective processes in your business, specifically in cannabis industries. According to an article in the Boston Journal, Business Journal, state figures show that only 3.6% of 449 completed cannabis applications were from minority-owned businesses. However, 122 licensees are registered as economic empowerment applicants, meaning they have been certified by the state as being from an area that has seen a disproportionate impact from the war on drugs. However, only 10 have submitted completed applications to the state for a business license. Now, I promise this won't turn into a political conversation, but an understanding of the industry is a necessity. Here to shed some light on how they can help businesses build a sustainable infrastructure in the cannabis industry is founder and CEO of Cannaventures, Shara Gibson, and their chief development officer, Tanya Duckett. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Hey, so I'm super excited to have you. And judging by the conversations leading up to going on air, I'm pretty excited to see where this conversation leads us. Now, Shara, you have been at the backbone of numerous citywide small business development programs and workshops. How has that helped with the development of Ventures? Yeah, um, it's helped tremendously with building Can I Ventures because my career thus far has been all about helping people become employers and not employees. So, you know, with helping with the Made in DC program or the Fast Track to Entrepreneurship program, it's all the same base model as far as providing access to information and resources for entrepreneurs. So it was just a perfect um, crossover, if you will, of my professional skills into cannabis because since it's such a new industry, the model to kind of get your business started, building your network, all of that is kind of the same across industries. And then, and as your business begins to grow, that's when you need more of that technical assistance skills um, that Can I Ventures is providing in the cannabis industry. Now, is that also kind of where Tanya comes in? Like, how did you guys develop your working relationship? Um, we knew each other um, in the cannabis community already. Uh, we knew of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw our, um, we kind of interviewed each other. Um, we knew our, our strengths and weaknesses. And um, my, you know, background is real estate and marketing, um, sales. And I pretty much did the same thing. Just we pretty much combined our businesses. Or I had a CBD business um, and we pretty much just combined everything that we had together and started Can I Ventures and Local Meditations. And so how long have you all been in business together? Um, maybe like six, not, not six months. Seven or eight months. Yeah, about eight months. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're still a baby. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So on your journey, um, and since it is still a startup, essentially, Mm -hmm. what has been some of the obstacles as women in the cannabis industry that you've both seen? I mean, it's it's a lot. I mean, they, you know, they'll do us the same way they do us in any other industry. You know, um, a lot of times they'll try to, you know, keep resources from us. They'll, you know, if there's someone out there with a better deal um, or, you know, you may need to steal it. Um, just shopping around for certain products. When you say um, a better deal, what do you mean? Like, a, like just maybe like we have to buy a CBD to steal it, um, oil to make our products. Um you know, things like that. It just kind of makes it a little bit harder with different people trying to do businesses. Um, but now that I think about it, I mean, we really didn't have that many obstacles. Yeah. I mean, we, we worked with other, or we found other women-owned CBD businesses, you know, to work with. Um, and you're saying CBD. CBD. So that's that? cannabinoid. Um, so that's pretty much the legal version um, of THC. It's a cannabinoid. Um, I try to explain to people it's about 160 different cannabinoids in the marijuana plant. Um, CBD is hemp-derived and 
that is legal um, to distribute and to make um, United States, you know, certain laws are different, certain states. Um, but that's what CBD stands for. Okay. Um, so as far as, you know, our store is concerned, we work with a lot of uh, women owned businesses who own CBD businesses across the nation. They were local. They were small. Um, we told them our store. They told them that ours. And that's what makes our store um, as far part as Can Adventures is concerned. We really didn't have any, you know, um, you know, obstacles being a woman. I think being a black woman actually helped us. You know, when we go to lobby, when we go to the House or to the, you know, to the Senate, you know, they see us and they, they don't know how to react, you know, and that gives us a, a chance to ask the questions that we that we need to ask. So I don't think being a woman has hindered us at all. In, in my view, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with that. I think actually being a woman in cannabis and being a black woman in cannabis is um, an advantage. Um, you know, a lot of states as they're legalizing, they want to hear from, you know, the minority point of view, from the women point of view of how businesses should be run. And quite frankly, a lot of leadership roles in cannabis are being taken over by women. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a great advantage that we're young, we're black, we're women, and we're moving fast, um, you know, in our local community. And we're getting noticed now on the Hill. Um, so I like to use my beautiful black skin as an advantage. Yeah, it's, an, it's more empowering. <laughs> it's very empowering. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and I, I always like to um, have an, a full understanding because when you think of marijuana, you think of the stigmas that go along with marijuana. Right. And so having beautiful black women walk in and say, yo, we're trying to legalize this. We want to expand, you know, whatever rights or mm-hmm. licensees that are going to benefit our business. It kind of just was one of the questions that I had in regards to how is that received? Mm-hmm. So thank you for clarifying and letting us know. Like, it's very well received. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, OK, this matters they to wanna, you. Yeah. They want to see us there. Yeah, um, but we don't. Mm-hmm. But don't get us wrong. It's not all like peaches and clouds. You mm-hmm. know, there there is still institutional racism um, and institutionalized barriers for people to start and open a business in this industry. It's just an advantage because at least we can start the conversation. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that, um, Tanya, you were mentioning was your store. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was doing my research, I was under the impression that you guys are a business that helps other businesses with the processing of how to really get involved in the cannabis industry. But is there like, y'all sell it too? We do. Um, We actually incubate (laughs) small businesses, literally. You know, we don't just talk about it. We actually do it there in the store. Oh, wait, you incubate businesses or do you sell marijuana as well? Well, we sell, okay, so we use the word that flower. Yes, What what am I legally supposed to be saying right now? Please don't say milk. So we do not sell marijuana. Um, we do not sell THC. Okay, so, so hemp. Yeah, CBD or hemp. It's, okay. it's, you can use that word. Okay. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, so, mm-hmm. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, so the, the business model um, of our store is to allow small, local, and independently owned businesses a chance at retail. Um, So yes, we use our consulting skills to get businesses retail ready. So what does that mean? It means that they have the correct labeling that has the correct dosage, ingredients, and instructions for consumers. Um, You know, since we live in a in the district, it's a gray area and people can grow their own plants and make stuff in their homes. It's very easy for them to put it in a jar and say, hey, I have a product to sell. But if they really want to be legitimate and be in a legitimate retail environment, we get them ready to do so. Mm-hmm. So um, they get retail opportunities that they wouldn't be afforded anywhere else or they wouldn't be afforded right now because they're startup baby companies and they're not being noticed by maybe bigger retail stores exactly Mm -hmm. so um we're just kind of like a stepping point or a platform for a small business to say hey I have my CBD products in retail. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our stores in Georgetown, it's called Local Meditations. And like Tanya mentioned, it just features small, local, and independent businesses. Now, when it comes to um, hemp... (laughs) Sorry, y'all. We didn't smoke. It's just funny to me. Um, And you kind of kind of collating and aggregating these businesses um, to be able to showcase um, their products. What are some of the different forms in which 
you receive products? Or is it all like, you know, leaves? Is it? Because I don't really know. So we have flour that you can smoke. Um, it looks flour? just like flour. So flour is what you get that you smoke, that you break it up. So we don't use the word marijuana. We say flour. Okay. Um, so Teach me. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. It's all, right. it's all about education. We do that too on Saturday nights at four o'clock. Uh, we have CBD Hemp Education Night. Um, so you can get it in the form of flour, which you can smoke. Um, it smells just like marijuana. Um, but some people that are um, trying to stop smoking, they prefer to just want to smoke anything. So they'll, you know, or excuse me, something to help them get off. So they smoke hemp. You can get in a lotion form as well, just for psoriasis, eczema. Um, you can get a pain potion. You can get put it in bath bombs. You can pretty much put in anything else. Um, nice cream, you know, for your skin. It helps you look a little bit more youthful. Um, again, gets rid of acne. Um, where else? I mean, there's it's so many different ways. A tincture is our, our one of the one of the ways that our most popular ways that people like, and that's uh, the extraction form of the hemp oil mixed with MCT fraction of the coconut oil uh, with a little bit of terpenes or flavor. Um, and people you got to slow down. We're learning on yeah, these. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's a <laughs> lot. Alphabets in yeah. like, oh God, this is yes. so much. It's but a lot. That just goes to show like how much you have to know about the plant and mm-hmm. the industry to successfully kind of build an operation, a retail operation. So yes, we help businesses get on, but you know, ourselves, us too, um, we've been able to monetize our skills and that we've opened a retail store. So so let me ask you this. Um, and this question is is for you, um, Sheree. What was it that made you decide that this was a need that was necessary and you wanted to fill, fulfill that need? Oh, yes. That's an excellent question. Thank you for asking that. Um, It really goes down to my love and my passion for helping people achieve their dreams or achieve their goals. Um, You know, looking at the cannabis industry in particular, a lot of us are consumers. You know, in D.C., we can grow. So there's just an innate passion that's going on in the community. Like, I want to be in this industry. And because I've had that experience helping people build a business, grow a business, I saw a need for people to kind of monetize their skills, turn their passion into their business. Um, You know, we're not trained to think that way. We're trained to think we have to study to get a job at JP Morgan or whatever big corporation. Mm. I hate that. They need to start training us to monetize our skills. Mm -hmm. I I shouldn't have to be stuck in the institution for four years to do something that I love, you know? Mm -hmm. So, that's kind of where that came from as far as like the need and just kind of getting out there and helping people actualize their dreams. And so how has that been going for you? Um, it's very fulfilling. Um, it, sometimes it's not always fulfilling in our pockets. <laughs> but, you know, when you do good work, um, people recognize you and you get paid back in ways that you would not have expected. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the payback we get isn't necessarily in monetary form. It's in resources. It's in mm-hmm. people. It's in people coming to support us, want to know more. So um, that's how it's been paying off. And I'm very confident that Tanya and I are going to build something really great in the city. Well, you're already building something. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> you claim my language. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So... You know, you and Tanya, I feel like you guys are part of the executive team, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to adding on additional workers, mm-hmm. what are some of the key elements and factors that you look for in, you know, hiring on employees? Yeah. Someone who's an entrepreneur themselves. You know, those are the hardest workers. You know, those are the people who are going to, you know, work hungry, you know, um, just just little people that that want to grow and help us build this empire. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That that we're so determined to build. So you does know? that mean that the people who are part of your retail store, that there's an opportunity for them to actually work in the store, mm-hmm. maybe for less rent? Or I mean, I don't want to put words in you guys mouth, but what what does that mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, just bartering. You know, this is just social economics. I mean, at its it's finest. I mean, we're we're literally sharing, you know, um, our wealth, you know, where we're building it, you know. Um, so, yeah, anybody that is working in the store. Yeah, we want them to work for us for a long time. You know, cannabis, you know, is a trillion dollar industry. You know, we don't want people, you know, working for us just for three or four or five months. You know, we want them, you know, to hopefully be the future VPs. You know, um, that's who we're looking for. Just little small entrepreneurs that are passionate about cannabis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, right now, since we're building. Um, and we have a framework that we're expanding, it's important that 
people that work for us um, want to volunteer, they have to have that entrepreneurial spirit because they have to think of things that we might not have thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to, We have to be innovative in the way that we market, in the way that we communicate about the plant. So yeah, like you just have to be a go-getter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to get it. You got to mm-hmm. get it and want it. And want it. And want to yes. keep it. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> now talk to me a little bit about what was life like. And I'm going to start with you, mm-hmm. Sheree. Uh, before cannabis. Oh, so life before that, um, I was working in local government, doing my nine to five. Um, it still allowed me to be very creative. Um, but I knew that I wanted to do something more and I want to do something for myself. Um, but uh, yeah, I just worked with small businesses. I did some grant writing on the side. And as soon as I-71 passed, I started going to the seed shares. Um, I started going to normal meetings and edible maker. Me- I was finding myself in the most random places, mm-hmm. but it was rewarding because it was just more and more people that I was meeting in the community. So well, what it's was a journey. Your, what was your passion for it though? Like, I mean, because I mean, every time I ask you a question about like that, like you just start smiling. Like you just <laughs> light up. Like, yo, I went to this meeting and I yeah. learned this and I like, like what was the passion in you? Because I love weed. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it 100. Right. I just love, but for real, y'all, like I really, I love cannabis. And I never considered myself like a medical patient per se until I started realizing the benefits of cannabis. Right. So I started smoking in college, right? And um, I used to be a cheerleader. I was a tour guide. I was like the most random stuff, but, you know, to be active. And I would have to smoke before I did my homework or before I wrote a paper or sometimes even before I took a test. Mm -hmm. And I took 18 credits the last semester of my senior year. And that's when I realized, like, oh, you know what? This it helps me calm down. It helps me focus. And then I started thinking a bit more medicinal. And then as the years went on and I was helping my sister build her business, um, I did my MBA program. I got to travel. It, it just... I don't know. It was your best friend. It was yeah, always there it was for just you. like, yeah, it was, she exactly. said it was your best friend. Mary Jane, oh, queen of my sentence. Yes. <laughs> Mary Jane was always there. Yeah, it was always, always there. She never let them down. Yeah. And never let you down. Love it. it takes you to other dimensions yes. and makes what? you more yes. open. Oh, more spiritual. Yeah. That's what cannabis, people will fail to realize cannabis is used for spiritual purposes. When you look back, you know, in the ancient times, China, you know, even Kemet, you know, it was used for, for spiritual purposes. They actually smoked hemp, smoked hashish um, before you went to church. You know, um, you remove your ego. It opens you. I I used to smoke before church all the time. You know what I mean? Right in the parking lot. You know, yes, praise God. Oh, yes, yes. Jesus did smoke hemp as well. You know, we got it. It's in the Bible several times. I've, Mm -hmm. I've sat there and shown people in the store how many times Jesus smoked hemp. You understand? This is nothing new to this world, um, but it is for spiritual purposes. Um, so we're healing ourselves. You know what I mean? This plant has a, a, a new a new day. You know, would it? Would it? Um, Maxine Waters. Oh, so said. Maxine Waters. She said, "It's a new day. It's a new, it's a new way." Yes. And I have the gravel. Yes. And that's basically like our that's attitude. Mar- yeah. You know, <laughs> marijuana is not going. Cannabis is not going anywhere. It's, yeah. it's out of the box. It's been here forever. It's used for spiritual purposes. It makes people. It helps them with their anxiety. Mm-hmm. It helps them remove their ego so that they can know who their true selves is. Mm-hmm. I mean, Marley, you know, he, he smoked and sung about it all the time, you know, so it's nothing new. So let's talk a little bit about some of those healing um, powers yes. of yes. the good old hemp. Yes. So what are some of the, I know you mentioned like, you know, it calming you down. I know you mentioned the spiritual elements. I'm going to have to go find my Bible and yes. look I, up God I smoking hemp. I will email hemp. you. Yes. Yeah, send me them scriptures. I sure will. <laughs> Right. You know how you, we use like God turned water into wine. Uh, so yes. make yeah. wine all right. Yes. <laughs> he drunk wine and smoked hemp. Oh Jesus. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the healing powers. Yes. Talk to me a little bit about like what are some of the healing benefits of hemp? So the the medicinal um healing uh parts of hemp is really the most part is to remove the mucus out of your body. Um and in doing so inflammation is gone. Um eczema, like I said, psoriasis, endometrius, fibromyalgia, those are the two biggest things. Um my son, he's autistic. I tell people all the time, another reason why I really got into it was because after giving him C V D, he became verbal, you know, three days later. 
um, and I nearly just fell out. And this what? was in the beginning of my cannabis journey. And it's the same thing. After I-71 happened, it was like this new world kind of opened up in D.C. where you had more normal events. You had these women grow events um, and, you know, the, these network discussions. And it just kind of led you on a journey to healing. Wait, let's um, go back to your son. Mm-hmm. How old was he? He was a three at the time. And so how did you, you gave him, I gave like, him a gummy, the version, a, a, a version of a gummy, gummy mm-hmm. bear. And uh, he ate it. I didn't see anything. I didn't notice anything. Um, but it was three days later. His, um, I told his teachers, hey, I'm changing a new diet. You know. That's what you told him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I told him that. And um, three days later, she was like, I don't know what you did or what you gave him. But he is so much more verbal. And his occupational therapist noticed it first. She was like, I noticed when he hasn't had his CBD and when he hasn't. Um, and this again was when CBD had first came out, you know, there wasn't even, even that much, you know, research about it published here in the States. All of my research I got in Israel because mm-hmm. you got to think about it because this, um, this plant has been illegal in the United States for so long, we have been halted and stalled from doing research. Mm-hmm. So there are countries all, you know, all around the world who are well, far first. much more advanced, mm-hmm. Sydney, Australia, you know, they're going to start trading soon, Mexico, Canada, you know, we're being left behind, but, um, yeah, autism seizures. Um, I've seen people actually have a seizure they put a little bit of cbd dab or hemp oil in their mouth and the seizure is gone within minutes um you know helping people feel comfortable during um the chemotherapy um it really helps people when they do a little bit of cbd honey oil help them from the pain um you know what people understand is you have an encabinate system inside you already so you Mm -hmm. have an indigenous that's why it took so long for cannabis to get out of your system you know i remember in dare you know in fourth grade doing you know you remember dare right (laughs) you remember the dare workbooks Mm -hmm. and it said you know, THC could take it get out of your system. It took 30 to 60 days. Cocaine was what one day or liquor was, you know, five hours and heroin was seven hours. And I thought to myself, you know, 70 years old, seven years old, why does it take so long for THC to get out of your system? Your body must love it. It must like it. But it makes sense. You have an encabinate system inside your body that ignites different receptors and no other plant on this earth has been able to ignite. Um, and then you wonder why it heals so much. So it basically alkalines your body. So the part of the marijuana a plant that cures cancer is the CBD. And that is the part that is fully legal. Um, everyone was so focused on the THC psychoactive part about it that they didn't even look at the other cannabinoids that are available. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could go on. There's CBG, there's CBN, there's CBA, there's THCA. Well, which ones are legal? Well, okay. So THC is the only one that is technically illegal. Okay. CBD, CBGA, there are no rules for them right now. So we call those those gray areas. Mm-hmm. See, marijuana is very intricate. It's, this is botany. This is a plant, you know. Know, and then we have terpenes. We could go on all night about it. Um, but, you know, one thing that Shara and I have seen, it's going to take a really long time for government to be able to place Regulate. laws mm-hmm. on such an intricate plant. You know, it took uh, California 10 years and they're still trying to figure out, mm-hmm. you know. So my stance is don't put the government in it at all. Just stay out of the plant, you know. Let because, me make my money. Exactly. <laughs> Yes, that too. And keep the integrity of the plant, you know, because it heals so much. We have China here dumping a lot of synthetic fake CBD, you know, their bootleg CBD here. Um, You got Germany making a lot of fake CBD. So we notice, and that's why we like to keep it small farmers and small producers and small batches is because that's the only way to really keep the integrity of the plant so that it can be used for its purpose, which is healing. Yeah, I have to connect you all with um, a young lady who is a part of the woman behind the business. Um, And she was on the show, I guess, earlier this uh, year. And she has an organization that she um, started called the Smoke Her Society. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's Smoke and then H-E-R Society. It's so cool. Like, And they make products Mm -hmm. that, you know, make it where if you're carrying it, it's aroma free. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can go different places and not feel like you you out there, like everybody got to know your business. But yes, I definitely need to connect the two of you. Um, All right. So y'all are going to stay with me. Yes. Um, We are going to take a quick break um, and we're going to toss to some um, WBB health tips. So stay with us. It's that time of the show where we're going to talk with Dr. Tia Hill for our Woman Behind the Business health tip. Welcome to the studio. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm awesome. So Dr. Hill, what are we talking about today? Seasons changing. Okay, what does that have to do with my health? A lot. So we are getting ready to go into the everyone's favorite holidays, spring and summer seasons. I got you. And with that, we are getting ready to spring forward. Now, when we spring forward, how does this affect our health? One, rest. So 
So we are used to getting that extra hour of sleep, the nights being longer. Now we're getting ready to have those that sun peering through the window, bright and early in the morning, and you're going to lose an hour. And so what, I mean... It's going to affect my sleep, but mm-hmm. what else? How is it going to affect me? It affects your sleep. It affects your mood. It affects the fact that you may be a little bit off calibrated for like a week or two, just trying to get back and acclimated to like, oh, it's really six o'clock and not five o'clock or running around, picking up your children, making sure that you're doing all your regular activities. And especially if you're working out, one of the things that we do know is that in the winter, a lot of people start working out to get ready for their summer and that spring bites. And so you're used to that. Extra time, it becomes very vital when you lose that hour. You're like, oh my gosh, it's now six o'clock and I have to fix dinner or do certain things, or even when it comes to waking up. So, what are some things that we need to be mindful of? Because all of those things that you just mentioned are so very important to me. And I want to make sure that at all times I'm getting as many extra hours <laughs> in my day, and sometimes it rolls over into the next day. Um, so, what are some key things that we can do to make sure that we remain mindful? Let's not forget that naps, power naps are proven fact to be absolutely amazing. So don't forget to take you a little 15, 20 minute for lunch or a chance you get in your car. Um, Also, I tell people since we're at the cusp of seasons, remember a week prior to just go ahead, get yourself recalibrated, mentally tell yourself, oh, we're getting ready to lose an hour. Also, make sure you're drinking plenty of fluids and you and still going outside and getting some of that much-needed vitamin D as your body has had an increased depletion of that over the winter when the sun was at a different axis. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> it's further away from the earth. Okay. So, no. okay. so all these key um, things that we need to be mindful of. So it sounds like the number one thing is that we're going to lose a little bit of sleep, ladies. Yeah. So we want to make sure that we start programming our minds. Hey, I'm getting up at five right now, but technically I might be getting up at four, literally. Um, And just getting yourself adjusted um, before it actually takes flight. Because like you said, the last thing that you want to do is, you know, miss church or Mm -hmm. whatever you have to do on that Sunday when we set those clocks. Or that week, that upcoming week. It comes very fast. Okay. All right. Well, that's our help tip for today. Uh, For more information, uh, visit us online at wbbtalk.com. Welcome back to the Women Behind the Business Talk Show. I'm your host, Angel Livis, and we've been speaking with founder and CEO of Canna Venture, Shara Gibson, and their chief development officer, Tanya Duckett. Now, ladies, when it comes to establishing business processes, I don't think that there are too many varying factors um, based on the industry. Is that, am I correct? Is it, am I wrong? Are, are there strategic processes that are specific to the cannabis industry? We don't have any rules. Yet. Yeah. Um, like, give me an example. Of- so, like, on your website, mm-hmm. it talks about, like, how you guys help people kind of yes. with, like, you know, a checklist. Yes. Um, you know, things um, that you need to do right. to get started in your business. Right. So, what are some of the processes that businesses in the cannabis arena should be mindful of? Got or- it. Okay, that makes sense. Um The first thing that I always say is that you need to know the law and you need to be familiar with your state government and how laws are, um, how they move through the the legislative process, how they're voted on and who are the people that are involved in that decision making process. And I know that has nothing to do really with like business, but because laws change, regulations change very frequently or people are trying to start a business in an illegal market, you have to be familiar with what is coming out of your local government or your state government because they are ultimately determining how you can operate your business and how you can do business. Mm -hmm. So out of everything, that is a huge variable because for some people who are in the legal market, say their cannabis control board might change the way they want them to label their products. And they might have already spent $100,000 on labels. So you lose money. Mm -hmm. So um, if you're not hip to that part, you're going to (laughs) fail. Miserably. And what's next after you're familiar with 
the law? Mm -hmm. Like, what are some other steps that people should be mindful of? Absolutely. So after becoming familiar with the law, I always tell people to start doing market research. Um, And this is mainly because a lot of people who think who want to enter the industry think that they can only own a dispensary, which is a huge myth and misconception. Um, You know, I don't, we don't own dispensaries. We don't really desire to, but we're using our professional skills we've already had prior to this industry opening up to monetize in cannabis. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's how people need to think of it. Don't think that the only way is I got to grow or I got to have a dispensary. So do market research on how the industry actually works and what the different sectors are. Go to a networking event, go to a conference, go someplace and get yourself educated and connected. After that, um, start to build your network and start your business plan. Um, You know, that's obviously the roadmap to how you're going to launch your business and how you manage your business. Um, Networking events help because you'll find teammates um, and they also help because, you know, you'll be able to partner possibly partner with other people that you meet. Um, You know, it's my philosophy that the biggest, one of the biggest ways that you can, fastest ways you can grow your business is through partnerships. Um, So, yeah. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Did you want to add anything, Tanya? Um, That was pretty much any, everything. I mean, the biggest part is just really knowing your law, you know, knowing the state law, knowing how it can change. Because again, this is a new and emerging industry, Mm -hmm. you know. So, I mean, you really have to just stay close to to, to your state and and federal law, you know, regarding everything or or you'll lose. Right. You'll lose a lot of money. Now, we spoke earlier on the first half of the show about... um, the local farmers yeah. that you um, incorporate in the storefront mm-hmm. um, in Georgetown. Mm-hmm. What are some of the requirements mm-hmm. um, that you expect and essentially kind of mandate for potential um, local growers to be able to potentially be showcased in your venue? Mm-hmm. Get tested. We have to test their product, um, make sure it is what they say it is, to make sure that it reflects their label. Packaging, right? Yeah. So we actually have an in-house, you know, lab um, that we outsource to and and he he can do the labs. So that's the the first thing that we can do. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's it? Like. well, after that, we try the products ourselves, um, you know, just to see where they're at, make sure, you know, we don't have allergic reaction. Um, and then, you know, we just start the process. But that that's the number one thing. You can- yeah, I would say the, the main we're, we're self-regulating ourselves um, since there are no regulations around CBD and DC. That's OK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we self-regulate, like Tanya said, through the testing component. Mm-hmm. Um, we have formed a partnership um, with Steep Hill to make sure that we get things tested as they come in. Um, and again, that's lowering the barriers to entry for small businesses because they don't know where to get their products tested mm-hmm. or if they even need to get it tested. Mm-hmm. Um, and then making sure that their labels have the correct dosage on them, um, instructions, and it's printed, it's not handwritten, things like that. Really? Yes. Yeah. People have oh, handwritten their labels yeah. and try to give it to us. Yes. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're makers, they're curators, not, they're not marketing specialists, they're not branding specialists, mm-hmm. you know. They're, but they wouldn't go to a store and buy something that was handwritten I mean, on it. You know, but if it's something that you made, you know, yourself, you know, people just don't think that far. That's yeah. why we're here. That's, That's why, why you're they Yeah, they just love company. the plant so much, yeah. they just want to create. They're farmers, you know what I mean? Your <laughs> farmers, they're, I mean, you know, they're creative in their craft, you know. Right. Um, so, yeah, we've gotten received all type of things. We're like, nope. You got to go back and do this or you should get this type of bottle and and so on and so forth. Now, one of the things that um, I kind of overheard before we got started, you're from South Carolina. Yes. And you were mentioning that there are no laws on growing hemp Mm -hmm. in South Carolina. Is that correct? There, there are laws in, in growing hemp, uh, just just like there is, you know, anything else. Not really hemp specific right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going by the same laws that you would grow anything else. Okay. So when I say um, there, there's not a special license that you have to get right now. Okay. Because mm-hmm, it is completely legal in all 50 states um, as of uh, October. The okay. hemp farm bill passed. Okay. So what does that mean for locals in um, the Carolinas yeah. or 
technically, I guess anywhere, anywhere, then. anywhere, South Carolina, Northeast, anywhere on the East Coast, you know, don't sell your land. You know, I tell people, you know, I'm, I'm 37 years old and growing up in South Carolina, I grew up around about three or four different farms. Um, so it was it was just very normal to me, you know, to uh, that sustainability thing that I, I kind of went back to, you know, mm-hmm. which was, you know, getting a bag of peaches and giving it to your neighbor in exchange for pears, you know, or exchange for collard greens. So we're just going back um, to what we, you know, grew up on. And then I, I told everybody. I, I called everybody back in South Carolina like about eight months ago and just said, hey, you know, do you still have that land, you know, or did they sell it, God forbid, or were you gentrified out, you know, um, and then just trying to tell them, hey, growing hemp is just like growing corn. It's very easy and hemp is, is it, it, it's, it's worth a lot of money. Um, so it's just, you know, again, I tried to go back and tell people from South Carolina out of 20 people, only one listened. Mm-hmm. Um, his grandfather still owns about 50 acres, um, in South Carolina and I'm teaching him how to lease the land for other farmers to come on and grow hemp. So if he doesn't want to have anything to do with growing it, he can at least lease the land out to other hemp farmers that want to expand from California or Montana to, uh, to the East coast. Now, what if you have never grown hemp before? Mm-hmm. Now, this must sound real ignorant. Okay, just because Angel okay. really doesn't know anything about this, mm-hmm. but marijuana is illegal, right? But it's the same plant, right? So it's a, it's three actually different types: it's cannabis, sativa, hemp, and then ruderol. So but, it's hemp its own plant. So it like is. When, okay, so you. Hemp, okay. hemp is its own plant or that cannabinoid CBD that I was telling you about can grow from a marijuana plant, but we can cultivate it to where all the THC has died off and it's only CBD. I call that AKA Reggie. So, you know, someone can smoke Reggie and, um, you know, they like, oh, I didn't get a head high, but not realize they had that body high. Um, so all Reggie is, is just low THC marijuana but when you have low thc again you have 160 other different cannabinoids cbd was probably about 40 percent of it mm-hmm. so they were just looking for the head high they didn't realize they were getting the medicinal effects of it um so you can have cbd from actually all three um th- three types of species of that plant so i want to go back to um <laughs> to shara shari shara shara it's all good. It's, it's, all right. it's like Shara. Caribbean, like Shara. Shara. Like Shara. people are Jamaican saying yeah, Shara. Yeah, my parents are Guyanese, so I'm used to hearing my name said all a certain way. Yeah, Shara. 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 And then people from like New York or the Northeast, they say my name a certain way. So in my brain, I hear it with that accent or that dialect. So right. if someone from down south, like I'm like, you're not saying my name right. But it's all good. <laughs> I'm in the room and I, I'm, I'm here. Okay. You know what I'm saying? All right, Shara. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, I forgot what I was going to All right. So when it comes to um, now when you smoke hemp, you earlier spoke about how in college you realized, you know, this actually helped you focus. Mm-hmm. But you weren't smoking hemp in college. Mm-hmm. So do you notice a significant difference between what you were smoking in college versus what you smoke today or hemp? I mean, I don't know what you're smoking today. Let's just say hemp. <laughs> yes. So as far as like for me consuming hemp flour, um, for me, it's more of like an attitude changer. Um, for me, it's a, like a just a body pain reliever. You know, I'm a THC smoker. You know, I, I like smoking THC flour. That's just what I like to do. Um, so I don't when I'm smoking hemp or CBD, I'm not looking for that type of high. I'm looking for something very subtle, um, you know, that lasts a little bit longer. If I just want to calm myself down or just pain relief or if I just don't feel like getting high, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll smoke uh, hemp flour or CBD flour. But your preference is the real deal. Well, I hate to say the real deal because it's all the real deal to me. You know, it it all heals. It all medicates. It's just how do you want to experience it? How do you want to heal yourself with it? So, yes, I prefer, um, you know, THC, maybe like a lot of other people do. But I turn to CBD if I want some real relief or if I want to just chill and not be high, you know. (laughs) So let me ask this. Because of all of these healing factors, have you ever gone to family members or friends that have been ill and said, I know you ain't about this life, but I really think this could help you. 
Oh, definitely. I, I've yeah. Everybody's been a um, a lab rat in my house, including my mom. You know, uh, and high the blood dog. pressure and, and the, the dog. dog. Yes. yes, the dog, the baby, the kids, everybody. Yeah, they've all gotten a little bit of yeah. CBD. It's sort of CBD. Yeah, the dog again. There's you know dog treats in cats. You know mm-hmm. for CBD and it helps them calm down. It helps them with infl- inflammation. It helps them with the same thing that it does for the humans. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my mom. She was a type two diabetic um, when I first got into CBD, and now she's type one. She no longer needs to insulin um she takes it by pill virgin because cbd naturally regulates your blood pressure and your insulin on its own mm-hmm. so you'll lose weight from it without even trying um so you know but yeah besides that i mean now y'all, i don't she's like hold smoking. up stop. <laughs> yeah right. talking about stop i'm about to lose that. weight i gotta yeah. smoke some more yeah mm-hmm. no 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 the cbd and i tell people thc is kind of like the vodka and cbd is like the wine you know what i mean like that's really how you how you it's do like it. high end so, yeah. yes <laughs> Just a little sedity. Yeah, and, right. and you can do both. You know, you can do a little bit of THC flour with some CBD flour and mix it. You know, you can do half and half bath bombs. You know, you don't have to just do THC alone. You, you can do bath CBD. Bombs? Yeah, mm-hmm. I can take THC oil and CBD oil and mix it together and give you a bath bomb, and you'll have a, a awesome euphoric body high. I mean, you will see stars and everything. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, She's once like, you what? once you take these different cannabinoids and you you take them apart and then you put them back together because they say CBN and CBG gives you a better high than THC. Girl, I don't know what none yeah. of them are right. what they do, but <laughs> she ain't talking about the baby and did it, the dog. Oh and yes, did it. my mom. It helps my my daughter's focus. You know, I gave it to her before SATs. She, so how many children scored, do you have? I have three. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so about all of them have had some hits. Yeah, all of them have had CBD in one form, away or fashion. Yes. Did you use it to put them to sleep ever? Um, no. Not to help. With, well, it helps you with sleep anyway. You're you're going to take it. You know, if you take it for one thing, it's going to help with another. Okay. Um. But yeah, it, it naturally puts you to sleep. Now, how do you monitor like how well is actually helping you? You have to journal it, watch it. You know. Um. I tell people it, this is not you know Western you know medicine, so I can't tell you you know how and what it's going to do for you. You have to really figure it out yourself you know uh, I tell people journal it you know if I give them a tincture or give them something you know reflect at the end of the night how did I feel you know mm-hmm. how what happened you know and write that down mm-hmm. um, because like I said it's a plant uh, our measurements and dosages change um, a lot it, we're, we're getting new research you know all the time so really just just take it um, see how you feel um, there's so many different ways to consume it um, so many different ways to extract it. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of got to find out the best way for you. But for fibromyalgia, endometrial seizures, um, autism, um, there is research online um, where they talk about the best extractions, uh, you know, typical for you. For you. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So now I want to talk a little bit about the investment side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a number of friends who are um, ready to start investing in companies and different industries. Right. What does that look like uh, in the cannabis industry? Right. Um, so as far as investing and um, kind of putting your money to action in this industry, um, you know, there are established investment groups that you can join. Um, you can get yourself, you know, certified as an investor. You can act as an angel investor and there's other, you know, angel investment groups that you can join. Um, and then if you just kind of want to do it from a friends and family level, you know, just find a business that um, can present you a sound business plan and um, you all get an attorney and work out how you can put your monetary resources to use. Because mm-hmm. um, remember, cannabis um, companies, we can't get traditional lending um, like any other industry can. So yes, people are looking for private investors. And that's probably one of the top ways that people get capital infusions is through private investment or angel investment. So if you have friends that have you know, $2,000, $3,000, maybe they should all get together and gift it to a business that they all believe in or, you know, host a pitch competition and mm-hmm. give them $500 um, and let them start up that way. Um, or, you know, how we get yeah. the five? And I just yeah, asked that you. was really quick. <laughs> That was quick. But yes, there are established investment groups or form a group of your own or just find a business that you're confident in their business plan and their ability to scale. Now, um, all right. So 
going back to the article that I kind of was quoting earlier mm-hmm. um, in our intro, uh, it was essentially saying how most ethnic individuals are not able to go into business in the cannabis ar- arena because of financial um, right. setbacks. Right. And so um, it was saying, you know, most sectors require you to be able to start off with at least like a million dollars to be able to put up and get your business started. How did you ladies go about getting your finances in place so that you could launch the business? Right. Well, we're bootstrapping our business. Um, I've owned a previous business before starting the store. So I already had um, the experience and kind of the acumen to manage you know, the books and kind of cash flow. But the way how we set up our business model, um, it's a way that we don't have to put a whole lot of money up front. Mm-hmm. Um, like Tanya said, we barter. Um, we do. We get know, a lot. exchange we of services. Yeah. And I think um, mm-hmm. the article is pretty pr- probably talking about dispensaries and cultivating exactly. licenses. Because a lot of people, mm-hmm. they place, you know, these companies, they place our articles, they place, you know, all their emphasis on dispensaries and cultivated licenses there are so many other ways and other things to do in this industry than than owning a dispensary, mm-hmm. um, like owning a store. You know, for us, it, we were innovative, you know, in, in our products. And this, the products that are in our store are small businesses as well, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so we were able to be very creative. Um, Did y'all bring me ways. some products? No. Oh, my gosh. We sure didn't. Really? I'm sorry. I do I have mean, I don't really know what I would no, do. I do. But you know what? I do. <laughs> I do I have, have samples for no you. explanation. So, actually, we make our own cream. So, this is CBD cream. So, it's CBD shea butter here actually okay there you go there's one of them so that's just pure um shea butter and some cbd oil um so that one is probably about i would say about 30 milligrams in all um but you just put it you know i don't know what that means i'm sorry (laughs) just put it anywhere that's really dry um anywhere on your face just a little bit because it is shea butter um but just a little bit you know anywhere dry on your skin it'll be really good for you but um, yeah, so I think they pretty much like again that that's the biggest myth. People think that it's just huge entry um, to, to to getting into this industry, and it's not. And the reasons why a lot of those dispensary licenses, you know, don't get fulfilled by you know people minorities because we don't have access to these capital ventures firms. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And a, another reason that we noticed um, a, a lot of minorities didn't get these processor licenses. You know, they don't have any experience in processing, (laughs) you know, um, when people look at these applications, do you already have that experience? No. And a lot of them don't have a connection from the West Coast. Mm -hmm. So when a lot of these applications are looked at, they want to make sure you have that support, you know, of someone already established in the industry. And when they see that you're not more than likely, you know, those are just one of the one of the things that we saw by looking at all the applications that got denied. Um, But the main thing is that you don't have access to these capital ventures, you know. Firm. So that that's the biggest thing. So you kind of got to be innovative mm-hmm. um, in getting into the industry. We took the skills that we had from our careers and we made our own businesses. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that simple. Staffing agencies, if you're a lawyer, um, any anything that you can possibly think of, we need in this industry to move forward. Mm-hmm. Right. One thing I want to make very clear is that access to capital is a huge barrier for minorities across any industry. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because we just don't have, it comes down to financial literacy as well. Um, You know, we don't have that access or we might not, or people in our community might not have grown up in environments where they know about how their personal credit score affects their business credit score Mm -hmm. or no checking and savings. You have to know those, that basic financial literacy so you can run your business, Mm -hmm. you know, or you got to keep your personal credit score good so you can get a line of credit. You know, we were able to get a line of credit for our consulting firm. So it's just... You got, you just, just got to know. know how to work. It. Yeah. <laughs> but, there, but there are resources like us. You know, you can come to Can I Ventures. There's other free community resources where you can get financial literacy or no business credit one on one. So it's not like you can't do it. You just have to put in that extra work, unfortunately. You got to mm-hmm. look for it. And when we mm-hmm. have, you know, uh, business buds once a month. Um, where we have other, you know, entrepreneurs that are in the industry or want to be in the industry. And we have Cannabis Clinic uh, every two weeks. Um, the last one that we did was how to make it in retail, um, you know, in a brick and mortar or online. So we have the resources that we're here to share with everyone in D.C. Awesome. And we would love to do an event with you all um, mm-hmm. for the woman behind the business. We normally yes. do pop up um, WBB takeovers where nice. we go into a woman owned business and we host a networking event. And then we also have a conversation with the business owner. So mm-hmm. people 
people can feel like they're really Mm -hmm. getting to know the owners of the business and want to support what it is that she's doing. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, so we'll be starting that back up hopefully next month so maybe we can join you all. Yes, come on down. All right, so we have come to the point in the show Mm -hmm. um, where we share our moments from the valley. Um, Mm -hmm. Moments from the valley is where you share a moment in your life. Mm -hmm. It does not have to be business-wise, but share a moment in your life that you did not know how you were going to overcome a particular obstacle. Mm -hmm. So you have to share what the obstacle was, how you overcame it, and what was waiting for you on the other side. And while you guys think for Mm -hmm. a moment, y'all got like a couple seconds, um, we going to play... I get high, I get high. Oh, oh girl, just feel right into that stigma, but it's okay. We, we yes, in the mood. We festive. Yes, we are. I'm a mess. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll be right back. Stay with oh. us. I get With a bounce and a half Listen kid, I need a mountain to cash So I can roll up, hop in the whip And like bounce to the ab I get by cause I'm in the hood The slums is around Take my son just to ease the pain And humble me now And I'd rather slow something up Cause if I'm sober dog I just might flip Grab my sons and hold something up I get flies and kite All alone in the zone Ghost floats, Casey dying tonight so I hold them up, back to back, laugh as I could. You got beef with Styles P, I come in black to the hood. Every day. Every night. Yo, I burn like a chimney Matter of fact, I burn like exhaust On a Dodge Viper Hennessy I hope like Bob Marley did Add to that, that I float like the hippies did Back in the 70s Spit with the finishing touch Get this, that I'ma finish you before I finish my lunch I get by like the birds in the plains I get by when I make a lot of paper After words exchange I get a rush off the love in the war You understand like the M5 pedal When it's touching the floor I get by cause I ride What's better to do And I'ma always stay live Cause I'm better than you Every day Every night To my lungs collapse from the Eridee Block horse terror getting funds from rap Where a dollar bill is powerful I hope a lot Cause time seems precious And I know what an hour do Get by for a living Got to ride for a living With my real rough riders that'll die for a living Dog, I get by as I could Cause if you see things Like I see things I'ma die in the hood Listen dog, understand it's full surface to you And I don't buy the earth If it ain't purple or blue And you can name any rapper If you want he can slide This is SP dumping in you Get I get by I get Every day Ladies, we're back and we're going to get started and we're going to start with you, Shara. Okay. So, my moment in the valley. God. Yes. Um, I really, 
Do you want me to tell you mine? And then yes, and then okay. Uh-huh. okay. So I think my moment in the valley moment was um, when I left corporate America. It was hard. Um, I just decided I couldn't take it anymore. Um, single mom of three. And, you know, one thing that I always tell people, you know, when God is, you know, moving you and when God is, get, you know, putting you in a different direction and you're, you know, wanting to go in a different direction because you think you have a plan on your own, you know, he'll make it. He'll give you what you want, but you'll be miserable in it, you know. And it was like in corporate America, I was promoted over and over and over again instead of, you know, working for myself. And it was just every promotion was hell. You know, it was just the wrong company or it was just it's just something didn't feel right. Um, and my moment was when I just decided to start working for myself and I opened up my own property management company. Um, I just had to pretty much believe in myself that I could just do it on my own. You know, I, I didn't need them, you know, to kind of, um, you know, tell me, um, you know, what to do and keep me away from my kids as much as they did. And, you know, I knew I was I was underappreciated. You know, I, I, I knew I was only going to get but so far. Um, so I think my, my moment was you know, just putting in my two weeks notice and never going back um, and just believing myself, you know, not knowing if I was going to get paid, you know, two, three months from now. So I think just kind of jumping off the cliff um, into entrepreneurship. Um, again, I started off um, having, you know, a couple of buildings under my property management company and I ended up in cannabis because I had the property management company. I had the uh, the time that I needed to learn a whole new industry and to monetize off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end of, you know, me, you you know, jumping off the bridge, you know, with three kids on my back, you know, I I fell in love with um, myself again. I fell in love with what I always loved to do, which was to help people um, at a level that I never thought I was going to, you know, be able to. Um, so, yeah, that's my that's my valley mm-hmm. that the, the story is always bigger than you. It has nothing to do with you. It, it's, it's always bigger. So absolutely. <laughs> OK, so my moment in the valley was very recent. Um, and maybe I'm emerging now, but, um, yeah, I've had, well, I I mentioned I started a business before we opened the store. Um, and I worked on that for about two years. It was, you know, I left my job to do this and, you know, my business partner was not only my partner, but, you know, it was my boyfriend too, or someone that I dealt with and ladies don't ever, ever start a business with a man you're not married to or you don't have any or he doesn't have any commitment to you and he basically took everything took all my hard work you know left me out no money you know but um I'm just so confident and I have so much faith in myself that I was like I was cheated out of a lot of money I was cheated I trusted somebody you know I thought I needed this person in my life but um when it's kind of taken from you like that you're like oh what do you, what do I do next mm-hmm. you know I'm in business for myself I live in Arlington my apartment's not cheap I drive a sports car that's not cheap you know I got bills to pay And I was like, damn, I'm going to have to go back to work, you know, but just having that faith of knowing that I can land on my feet. I met Tanya, you know, then we were blessed with the space in Georgetown. I was like, hey, girl, where you at? You know, and she appeared and, and, you know, we've been working together ever since. I didn't think, you know, sales weren't going to come up. We made more than I thought, you know, Um, God has been good. Yeah, we've been blessed. Yes. And um, it's just having that faith. And at first, when all that happened, my business was taken from me and I was shut out for no reason. I'm like, I'm awesome, you know, but... um, God has something better. something better, something bigger and something more in line with my purpose. And it's okay to start over Mm -hmm. and it's okay to be hurt and still forge ahead. Mm -hmm. And, And if somebody steals from you or takes from you, they can't replicate the things that you put into it. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, ladies, so much for sharing. Um, And I just want to say that's not necessarily just somebody that you're in a relationship with, but Mm -hmm. it can be your spouse that does that as well. Mm -hmm. So, ladies, just be careful. Make sure you got them legal papers. Protect yourself. Yeah. Not even just material things. Protect your mind, your body, spirit, your mental. Protect yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I learned. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you both for sharing. Mm -hmm. I am sure that your words have been the testament to someone and has spoken to someone 
someone's heart to help them be the absolute best person that they can be. And if they are going through something, um, we're here for you. Mm -hmm. We encourage you. Mm -hmm. And we just want you to know that you are not alone on this journey. So thank you so much for being our guest lady. Yes. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Would you like to share some social media information? Sure. Um, if you want to catch up with Can I Ventures, catch us on Instagram at Can I Ventures. Tanya and I, we go live on Instagram just talking about small business. Um, also visit our website to download our free business guides. Um, it's CanIVentures.com. And if you want to check out the store. The store is at Local Meditations. Um, so we're at 1631 Wisconsin Avenue in Northwest. Um, you can go to our website at LocalMeditations.com and um, our Facebook is well okay awesome and y'all be stay tuned because we are going to do a wbb networking event at local meditation local meditation yes it's gonna be a lot of fun we have a beautiful outdoor patio yes we have a beautiful lounge oh this is gonna be nice yes the blacks are back in georgetown yes Awesome. All right. Well, that is our show for today. Please check out past broadcasts on our website, wbbtalk.com. And now you can start registering to attend the Woman Behind the Business Retreat titled Vision 2020, using scriptures to propel you to new dimensions. It's all happening on the beautiful island of Nassau, Bahamas, February 20th through 24th, 2020 at the Bahamar Resort and Convention Center. To register, visit wbbtalk.com backslash registration. And of course, follow us on social media at WBB Talk. A special thank you to our show producer, Shane Lewis, and our program director, Max Myrick. Until next time, stay blessed.